Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, um, um, before oh my god, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have to tell you a couple things. Jenny's, listen, we're both really excited about Trixie, but wow, Jenny, pretty, I'm having yeah a time, a time. So let's get let's get them the news so we can get into this and you can hear Jenny. Oh my have god, a meltdown uh, in the intro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so hey, uh, this Saturday. If you're one of our Patreon supporters, I will be playing some buffering songs in a little streaming concert format this very Saturday in the secret Facebook group for patrons only. So please join me if you're part of our Patreon community. Uh, and if you're not yet, uh, get on board and come party with me on Saturday, please. Hell yeah. Uh, requests accepted respectfully. Wow. And you can, uh, if you are like, how do I get in on this? You can go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com, click on Patreon, uh, and all of our patrons, uh, any level of giving are uh, popped on over there into the secret Facebook group. So you can join before Saturday if you want to hear Jenny sing the beautiful library of songs created for this podcast. How exciting. Do you want to know something else exciting, Jenny? I do. Okay, Tell well, me right now. You already know, but oh, none yeah. of you listening do, which is that, guess what, Chicago, we are coming to your city. This is a ah! tease. This is just a tease because you will get the full details and how to get tickets next episode on um, two weeks from today, Checkpoint, which we are doing with Ira Madison the third. How fucking exciting we love ira mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. intro of that episode we will tell you all about the venue we will tell you the ticketing links all of that all of that all of that please know that if you are a patron you will get the ticketing links and the code to advance purchase tickets at 10 a.m central on march 4th that's the day that that episode goes live if you are not a patron tickets will go up on march 6th which is friday at 10 a.m oh my god chicago Speaking of joining at any <laughs> level, it's time for the Sexual Attention Award results from Into the Woods. Oh, Are you ready? Buddy. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> get some tissues because in fourth place... <laughs> oh, the implications of get some tissues in this context. Oh, it's wow. Riley and Buffy with 2%. That has to be the smallest percent anybody's ever received in the Sexual Attention Awards, right? 2%. Two, two no, percent. No, somebody got one percent. Somebody has gotten one percent. I can't remember. It was recently, actually, uh, mm. and I, I have a feeling it was also Riley and somebody. Oh, else. poor Riley. Poor sweet Riley. He Sorry, deserves bud. so much better. Well, oh. shockingly, shockingly, in third place with only nineteen percent of the vote, it's Spike and Buffy. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Now you're keeping me on my toes, mm -hmm. people. Then, wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. In second place with 30% of the vote, it's Spike and Riley, Spike, Spike and Riley, Spike. Is there a couple named Spiley or Reich? Ooh, I like Reich. Yeah, Reich. R-I-K-E. Okay, and then in first place, 
something for everyone, 49% of the vote. It's the three-way combination of Riley, Spike, and Buffy. You're welcome. Hooray. Enjoy. Well-deserved. We love to see a thruple. We just love it. Thank mm-hmm. you for voting the way we wanted you to this week, everyone. <laughs> Good job. Jenny, um, last episode, our special episode with Mark Blucas, um, I teased a bit that I was going to be changing the format of Spooky News for a few episodes. I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay, everyone, this is a story that I wrote on November 30th, 1992. I believe that that Oh, my God. Just eight days (laughs) after I turned 11. 11. And and I was... It was actually that magical time of year when you and I were both (laughs) 11. So um, I'm going to split this up into a few pieces, uh, leaving you hanging. And in, in the words of Jenny a few episodes ago, it's kind of like a podcast duckin' happening here. It's a little mini wow. spooky news podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. The death of old man Seaver. <clears throat> Ouch, I said as I got squeezed into the bus seat with two other people. The warm smell of fake leather mixed in with a faint smell of body odor, and I desperately wanted to get off the bus. After what seemed like years, the bus stopped at my house and I pushed my way through the bus crowd. As I made my way towards the door, I saw a face peeking out from a bush that was right next to my house. If a it lot were of a- people like stand up in the aisles of your bus every time it stops. <laughs> you have to elbow Excuse your way me. out. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm telling a story. Okay. Please interrupt me at any point because there's a lot of points in the future when I think you'll want to interrupt me. <clears throat> if it were a stranger, I don't think I would have even begun to tell you about this story. It is a story about the many horrors I witnessed only two years ago. Hmm. At the tender age of 10. It had all started while I was in fifth grade. I was at a birthday party and we were all sitting around the fireplace telling spooky stories. Then someone said, let's tell the one about old man Seaver. And for some strange (laughs) reason, they all looked at me. The titular Seaver. (laughs) Why are you looking at... Me, I asked in total shock. (laughs) It's all written out. I'm just reading it verbatim. Well, said Tanya, one of my friends, see, the story sort of took place in your new home. Parenthetical. Parenthetical. I had just moved from Pennsylvania 17 months ago. 17 months ago. (laughs) It would be improper to round up to a year and a half. Okay, this is the the very end of the first segment here. Uh, What? I screamed. No way could a horror story take place in my house, I thought. Tanya continued. See, an old man named William Seaver used to live in your house until, well, until he passed away. And that's how the story began. Okay. Tune in in two weeks for your next installment of this horror story that I wrote when Jenny and I were both 11 years old. That has been your spooky news. Well, I don't know how I could possibly go on after that, but I'll try to be brave. You may have thought to yourselves, 
Jenny and Kristen are probably done making merch and selling it, and there's no more buffering shirts to be had. Woe is me. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> we still have shirts, including a brand new design by Shane Gallard that is so spectacular. It's the freaking snake. It's the freaking snake with the tiny arms. And... <laughs> <laughs> Help, jump in. Uh, yes, the snake. The snake with the tiny arms on a shirt for you. Bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop. <laughs> yeah, we got other stuff too, but that's really the, the crown jewel at the moment. <laughs> You're distracted, Jenny, because you just want to get to Trixie, as do we all. I so. can't. Take it. Let's let's just go. Let's go. This is the most perfect conversation that's ever happened and also my favorite howl of the entire series. And welcome to what will certainly be the greatest ever episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, spoiler free, keeping our cool. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. I am Kristen Russo. This week we are discussing season five, episode 11, Triangle. We're in a triangle right now, as a matter of fact, but we're not going to talk about it yet. You don't even know. You don't even know who's laughing. You don't know. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Triangle was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Christopher Hibbler and originally aired on January 9th, 2001. Jenny's just going to shout the whole time. <laughs> I'm trying to be cool. Uh, why don't you introduce our guest before your head explodes and then I'll say what the episode's about. <laughs> on this blessed... Okay, you've already identified the iconic laugh. There is but one in all the world. Uh, she alone has brought you and the globe so much joy on RuPaul's Drag Race via my favorite thing to ever look at and listen to just, at the same time. Um, wait, called pause, pause, please, because I need them to have the visual that, like, when Jenny gets at her peak excitement, she covers her eyes because, like, a cat, she thinks, like, we can't no one see, can her. see me. I think her eyes are rolling back. Yeah, yeah. So, I, sorry, continue. I just wanted them to picture this is a you properly. Intimate moment. Uh, you've seen her on. Uh, uh, you've seen a shiny new documentary called. Barts, you hear everywhere and anywhere. She plays the auto harp, and she's here with us today. And I will not survive. It's Trixie Mattel. Wow! Congratulations on completing that introduction. Holy shit! Wow! Thank you for being here. Thank you for filming just a fuel box from my house. Yeah, anything, anything for you. So if any real fans out there want to murder all three of us, <laughs> now's stop. the time. Two stops. Yep, we're right here, all in the same room. Yeah. Um, you're trying out. You were telling us before we started recording that you're trying out a new um, wig for the tour that you're about to go on. Is that? Yeah, I'm really trying to go above and beyond for the new tour. So I'm. I, designed with my my wig stylist a style of wig that has basically like a snap cap like there's a base wig and then it has a bunch of wigs that quick change based on what's on it it's basically inspired by do you remember that doll from the 70s beautiful Christy Christy has beautiful hair that grows there was this doll that you could pull her ponytail and it would grow (gasps) 
So the wigs for the tour are very inspired by that. <laughs> that is. Wait, that, could you then retract the hair? Yeah, you could then wind the hair back Ooh. into the head. Like she had a dial on her back, or you like spun her she arm around dial. dinner. Okay. So you could oh pull it to her feet and like brush it, and then you could be like short again and, and like make it a bob. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's very innovative doll. Not a dom. I have three of them, but. Like you have you have them from the original dolls? No, I bought them if like drunk a few months ago. <laughs> I love eBay drunk is very much like my gig. Wow. Um yeah. I did not say because I was worried for Jenny's health which episode this is in case you don't know. This is the one according to IMDb uh where while Giles is in England meeting with the Watchers Council, a bickering Anya and Willow mind the magic store and inadvertently conjure up a fearsome troll. Mm-hmm. Olaf, to be precise. Yeah, it's a great episode. It's a really fun episode. You know it's a good episode when, like, you, you said we're doing Triangle, and I knew exactly which episode. I did, probably didn't even have to rewatch it, but I did. Yeah, let's, like, start there for a second. What is your... Because we know people have been tweeting at us, like, hey, um, do you know that Trixie Mattel is, like, a huge Buffy fan? Could you, like, maybe have her on the podcast? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Like, we... You are known to Buffy fans as a major Buffy fan. So. Yeah, but I'm also pretty closeted about it, especially since I'm friends with Tom. I'm always, like, just... Don't tell, don't let them know. You know, <laughs> like Tom doesn't need to know that in high school. You know, I had a part time job where I would buy the box sets of DVDs to rewatch uh, in the summer. Yes. You know? yes. Tom doesn't need to know that. Yes. We won't tell Tom. Uh, yeah. Um, but <laughs> Tom, I just if you're uh, listening, turn this off. Yeah, d- get, d- jerk the wheel, flip the car. <laughs> um, I remember this episode because I remembered it was. Uh, this is right when Riley just left. Yeah. Just went up on his helicopter. The hottest boyfriend she ever had. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Don't you think? This I mean, is great. We have a, uh, a long-standing uh, feud on this podcast. It depends what you like because he's like a good guy. And I, I, I don't know. And I don't like a good guy. Yeah, okay. some people are into like an emotionally available, very supportive, like, good like good-hearted, <laughs> not evil, uh, can go out in the sunlight yeah. and takes care of you and will take care of your sister and your mom too, kind of yeah. guy. I know. And he, he's taken a few really great steps before his uh, demise uh, last episode. But we also interviewed Mark Lucas. You did. Yes. And my I was like, fuck Riley, fuck Riley, fuck Riley. And then we interviewed Mark Lucas and I was like, anyway, Riley's <gasps> fine because he's so beautiful. Wow, is he perfect in real life he's like yeah more, i think he's more beautiful in real life what is than, he like six four two or some crazy he's shit. so giant fucking we actually tall. you should show tricks your picture he's still in great shape and everything oh my god he he yeah a, strapping broad of shoulder uh <laughs> blue of eye <laughs> we, the most we, beautiful smile you've ever seen we had jenny compare her hand size to mark's hand size because oh, is he just i mean he's, his hands he, are huge he's, which yeah. you can like, the clearest way you can see it is when he puts his hands on buffy's like right rib cage like, and like basically could just pick her up yeah one-handedly <laughs> she's little she's, she's really super little, tiny we didn't get there yet but it really makes a really good moment we're like um, Buffy talks to Dawn as like an equal about Riley being gone in this episode. Yeah, yeah. we can t- we can talk about it. We they can that, bounce around. They have that great moment where like, wow, she really is a few years younger, and she really is asking what it's like to have a real relationship problem. And yeah, because she's like, I mean, it's very sweet. The whole Dawn thing. I mean, we've just kind of uncovered. I guess this episode is the episode where she is starting to put two and two together that like something's up with her, but. You know, we've gotten to this point where Buffy knows that she's the key and Joyce knows that she's the key and they still treat her like family, um, yeah. which is really powerful. And in that scene that you're talking about, she's like, it'll all be OK. 
right? You know, right. like, I actually don't know, but big sister, can you let me know that, like, when your heart is broken, it can heal? Yeah. Which is yeah. really sweet. Okay, so let's start at the beginning where Xander is in bed with Anya, missing Riley, which I find enjoyable. We, have, we do a sexual tension awards on this podcast, and we've been really eyeballing Xander and Riley and their love. So I thought it was very amusing that we opened and Xander in bed with Anya is like, I just can't stop thinking about that time that... Riley asked me to borrow a crescent wrench and I didn't give it to him because, you know, he misses his boyfriend. Yeah. He misses his boyfriend. And also, like, after the last episode, they like the writer, the show needs us to know, like, Riley's gone. He's been gone for like a little while yeah. and he's not coming back. And like the only way we can or like a clean way we can get that is from Xander and also like Anya. So dry. <laughs> so very dry. <laughs> You can't give him that wrench unless he comes back, and I don't think he's going to. Right? Yeah, and if he does come back, it's not going to be for the wrench. <laughs> yeah. She says, like, if he comes back, not for the right, wrench. Right, not for the wrench, to clarify. Beautiful Anya. <laughs> they, they are all kind of in limbo in this episode. About There's a part where Buffy says, who knows, maybe he'll come back. He's not coming back, girl. Yeah. Mm. I mean, when somebody leaves on a helicopter, it's pretty final. In my in in my experience, uh, yeah, a lot of people leave in helicopters. <laughs> yeah. They've never come back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then Anya preaches about how like sometimes it's it's the person, not the boyfriends. It's like Sarah Silverman has that joke about like if you're the person who always has bad roommates, you're the bad. You're roommate. the problem. Right. Right. You know. I also think it's like interesting that the angle they're coming in on is like. Wow, Buffy like can't keep a man. That's two. She's two. like twenty or something. <laughs> and like it's been two. Like people totally. have relationships when they're young, you and then can't they can't keep a man. Tot that is the energy, big time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that Anya, because Anya, I mean, Anya's a former fucking vengeance demon, so we usually get Anya on the other side of this line, where she's like, fuck men, like, they always fuck up, so I like <laughs> that they gave her this, like, well, here's the thing, like, sometimes I would go to this woman, and she'd be like, fuck this guy, and then I'd, like, smite him, and then I'd come back, and it'd be the same fucking woman with the same fucking problem all over again. Totally. Which is a nice, you know, a little depth for that Anya. That is how people are. Yeah. Yeah, we all have patterns. Um, yeah. I don't. I agree with you that, though, Jenny. I don't know that we can call it a pattern yet for Buffy. Since yeah, I think it's a little early to. Call. I know everyone's <laughs> like, I can't believe you didn't marry that TA. <laughs> you know, why didn't you marry your TA from your psych? Your intro to, your intro to psych class. You guys do something wrong with you. Oh my god, uh, twenty. She's a spinster. Oh, well, she can't lock it know. down. She has to know that's the hottest guy she's ever going to get. Mm. Well, it we'll see. Really in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't say She's anymore. She's a lot of hot guys, though. Yeah. I mean, Including, she does well. like, season two Xander, who she didn't want. Yeah. Season two, season two swim team Xander, yes. oh, Speedo Xander. Which is very, like, um, we got a season two, I got a personal trainer, the actor. <laughs> yes. It's very, like, I'm L.A. now. I'm hot now. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Can uh -huh. you put me in a Speedo? The reveal. Yeah. One scene. Yes. Yeah. She said some, even some, like, little, what was his name? Parker. Parker was a little hot. Remember from season one, Owen? Oh my Owen, God, the film the guy? guy who liked, he was you know, he likes poet, poetry. Oh, who is the yes. film um, guy? The film guy was... How um, to Kill a Boyfriend on the First Date. That was yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, ooh, uh, Scott Hope. Scott Hope. Scott Hope. Can we talk about, can we talk about Buffy's purple silk shirt 
and the fact that she's at a convent <laughs> in the next scene. Oh, I love this scene. I love when she asks, how's the food to that nun? <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, I love that later we get wimple talk, which actually, yes. yeah. I had to look up what a wimple, I, I I kind of contextually. Is it the flying nun hat? Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the hat. <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah, it's the, it's the, right. I don't know why it's called a wimple. Religious people are wild. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're talking about vampire folklore, but like. They're, they're, it's a fine line. <laughs> real, real existing religious people, not that crazier. Not that much crazier. Right. No, it's a. Yeah, exactly. We're wearing this a wimple and the wind blows. Well, you know that's, what I mean? that's where the flying nun came oh, from. Oh, right. <laughs> Good point. Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about Mark Lucas and Riley, and it, this is very important because he flew away in a fucking helicopter and he's not in the credits. Uh, so the credits play and Mark Lucas is... Sliced right out. Wow. Which Whoa. is important. even the credits know Riley's even never the credits, coming back. The credits were like, oh, it was a helicopter. He's not he's not coming back. Yeah. So I just want to point that out. Uh, Anya has moved up. Uh, Faith and Buffy dancing has moved up earlier into the credits. So we have like a pretty serious shift in this episode. Mm. If only Buffy herself could watch the credits, she would know. Great moment for Emma Caulfield. Yeah. Hell. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, it's time for little father-daughter boxing stuff. Yeah, Giles is drooling all over his books um, that he hasn't yet gotten his hands on. The Watcher's Council have some good books. All sort of a... I mean, we're not to the next episode, but this is all like sort of setting us up for the episode that follows this episode. Which I watched after I had to because I (laughs) love Checkpoint. It's my favorite episodes. So anyway. Anyway. Giles. Listen to the next one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you were going to quit today. Yeah. Hang on for one one more week. Hang on for one more. So Giles is going to go to uh, get more information on Glory, and the scene is kind of here to set us up for the next episode, but also um, to set us up for, like, Buffy's panic that, like, Giles don't tell them anything about Dawn, right? right. Um, like, she's really concerned that, like, even the key is being brought up because she wants to make right. sure that nobody's... Yeah. Well, we got to assume the monks very carefully crafted some Dawn-related memories for, for the Watcher's Council. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Now they just know that Buffy, their slayer or former slayer, um, was like has always had a little sister. Mm-hmm. We start to realize. I mean, this is like the preview for Checkpoint, and that like, oh yeah, the the council's still out there, Dude, right? God knows. And what. like, what are they doing with no <laughs> slayer? <laughs> like seriously, are they just playing cards? Like, yeah. they just play solitaire and like backgammon. You know what's wild what is that they do? haven't they haven't had faith who is currently in prison right now, right? Yeah, we know that. They haven't had Faith, like, offed so that a new Slayer could rise that they could then mold and shape. That's a really good point. Honestly. And the fact that they've learned that they can... We've talked about this a little bit, but it's like they've learned that if a Slayer dies even for a moment, another Slayer is risen. Oh, yeah. They could be like... Right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Remember fucking Helpless? Like, they don't fucking care. They don't care. They don't care at all. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know I what's love going this, on with that. I love this scene where it's like Buffy clearly like hates the council. And Giles is like, 
pornographically reminiscing about their library. <laughs> Truly. She's like, you get real weird when you talk about the book, <laughs> Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that in front of me. Um, Anya is like fucking. Oh my God. Girl, over Anya's, the moon. Anya's like, great, leave. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I will see you never. Could you never come back? I love that. I mean, what's one of the funniest things about her character is they gave her this like enthusiasm for retail. <laughs> Which some people yes. really have. Yeah. You talk to people who own small stores, they are like her. Yeah. They yeah. love being at their store every day. I have friends who own a wine shop in my hometown and they're like, we love it. They're like, we're both here every day. We don't even want days off. I'm like, work. <laughs> wow. It's like satisfying. But to... also, she's like, world's best employee, like, but too far. <laughs> you know, and that's why she, Willow's like, I'm going to supervise. And right. I'm just like, Anya couldn't, it's like a slap in the face. That she needs supervision because she's like, but I'm the best saleswoman. Right. Because she doesn't yeah. understand the nuance. Like, because they're like, yeah, she's you're like, the great. goal is make the most M- money. Right. Make the money, count the money. I am so good at all of those things. Uh-huh. Um, she doesn't really understand that, like, the other side of sales is, you know, being kind to the customers. Yes. Giles tells her she, that she lacks finesse. Yes. And she says that she has finesse coming out of her bottom. She also says she can completely lie to the health inspector and bribe him with money and goods. Uh, this scene, She has all the skill sets in place. She just needs, like, it just needs to be sanded down a little bit. Should we play Anya her jingle? Give it. She spent one millennium demonically vengeance in speaks her mind and then some you know she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends oh yeah exchanging cash for goods and also services she'd love to hold the money for you she'll hold that cash Just keep the bunnies far from Anya then uh, Willow's like don't worry I'll take care of it and Anya's like you're talking about me like I'm not here. So but she rude. Says it to, but she says it to Xander. <laughs> She's talking about me like I'm not here. Make it stop. So funny. Uh, like have the conversation with Giles privately afterward. Like there's no need you need. Like you do not need to do this in front of Anya. Well, but this is the whole episode. Have I you know. guys ever had a relationship where your best friend and your new beau don't get along? Didn't you write a song about that? Yes, but, but from it was a different fictional. perspective. It was ba- it was made She's up. I was a liar. Okay, so you, liar. you you lied. I did. Um, Her life has no dynamics to draw from. <laughs> Everything's perfect. It's all made. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that I've had this experience. There's got to be a lot mm-hmm. of people who, if you know, this wasn't fictionalized, this is going to be a common thing. Yeah, probably more common for straight people. Well, but because think you about know how lesbians. Oh, girl- <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but don't you think, like, if you're best friends with someone, it's very common to think that no one's really good enough for them. Yeah. You know. And True. then if you're the new person in their life, you sometimes are threatened because you'll never know them as long as the other person. Right, right, right You don't right. have those, like, inside jokes and the history. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like that a bit when my sister – my sister dated this total asshole. Um, and she, she's well aware that he was an asshole. But it was really hard for me because she she had not dated anyone seriously, like, as an adult person. Um, and that dynamic was really tricky because you don't want to get in the middle of a thing because what if it lasts? Right. But you mm-hmm. also – want to advocate for like hey this you could like do a lot better than this person so it's tricky but with the xander anya dynamic like it's i do not think that xander could ever do any better than anya so i think willow is (laughs) incorrect with her assessment i love that scene where willow is trying to do a spell and anya confronts her about being a thief because that's when Mm -hmm. that's when the fight happens right yeah well it's like the it's like the seedlings for 
And Willow's like, that's right. I'm a broad daylight in front of everyone burglar. Right. Well, okay, but like Willow is a fucking menace in this episode. Willow is. She is stealing. She, she is, is literally stealing. stealing. Yeah, she's I mean, doing something that she's doing something purposely while Giles is gone because she knows she doesn't yeah. totally have Giles' trust either. That's true. Yes. I had room for Willow with her taking the herbs, but she is a fucking menace outside of that. I mean, she even, she's identifying favorably with the cat in the hat. Thank you. That's exactly, I, re- I reread yeah. the cat in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to you like. some literature study for this. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I really do a lot of work for this podcast. Um, but the fish is correct in the cat in the hat. Right? The fish has a fucking The point. voice of reason. The fish is like, yo, this fucking cat, you don't even know this cat this cat is making a mess of the house and your mother is not here yeah so i agree willow is a menace in this and we love willow we are big willow fans but she's she's poking at well xander gets chased out of the magic shop but then also (laughs) also um tara's also like i'm not doing this either dude tara the the, you know yes in the fight sorry for everyone there's friction for everyone i laughed because you saying tara reminded me of a that tara's eyeshadow game is really on point Ah. in this point in the season she's really going hard on eyeshadow and two the first line that tara has in this episode is when she's she calls giles still mr giles and she's like, oh, Mr. Giles, you're going to the UK or going to London or whatever she says. Mr. Giles. So exotic. And then she's like, unless you're from there. And then I guess it's uh-huh. not. It's just like so. I feel like the writers are going a little hard on like the innocence of Tara right yeah. now. Um, oh, I love that scene where um, Willow and Tara are talking about the cat in the hat. And Anya's acting like it's the most obscure reference. Inside <laughs> joke. Like it's an inside joke. <laughs> Yes, I love it. She's like, I would never, she's like, I would never know what this is. <laughs> yeah, you're being. No one knows what this is. And then she's like. You're, you're purposely <laughs> excluding me. Yeah, <laughs> You're excluding me and you're, you're doing that thing where you're going to try to make me do drugs and Smoke drink alcohol. Drugs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also something important that happens um, in the first Magic Box scene where we learn, and this is important for later when we talk about our Sexual Attention Award nominees. We find out that Buffy and the nun in a scene that was cut the nun too hot for TV. Too hot probably. for TV. The nun let Buffy try on her wimple. So under just, what circumstances? I demand to know. The fact that the nun had that like that sort of like misdirecting curl that was supposed to maybe make us think for a half second that Buffy joined a convent coming out of her <laughs> wimple like that's that's <laughs> conflicts with like nun nunnery like ethical right the whole point of the like, wimple anti vanity yes. vibes right I, that nun seemed on the fence well that's like Jewish people who wear wigs for modesty right I'm here to tell you. Wigs are not modest. <laughs> wigs, don't, wigs aren't worn to make people not notice you. Right. Especially since a lot of times people who wear wigs for religious reasons, they wear the same style as their hair, but it's fuller, glossier, longer. It's like more majestic. Vanity. Yeah. It's not vanity. That's look at me. Right. I'm at the airport with a wig on. Right. <laughs> Anyway. Wig expert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly. It's just so funny to me. I cover my hair with more beautiful hair because I'm modest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, same. I never really same. I'm being modest right that. now. Yeah. You, I mean, truly. Yeah. I, I would have never noticed that you were even there. Yeah. Very <laughs> modest. <laughs> uh, so just to be very clear, Xander leaves in some distress. Yes. As does Tara. They are like, uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they... Wisely vacate the premises so that we can go to the Summer's house and get the update on Joyce's 
bathrobe. Right. And we talked about this scene. This was actually the scene that we kind of opened with. I mean, Joyce is out of her bathrobe. It her the title of Joyce's memoir in this episode is Out of the Bathrobe and Into the Bandana, the Joyce sure. Summer Story. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I love when they're reading her for having a smelly bathrobe. <laughs> She's so <laughs> insulted. Yes. It doesn't smell. I have uh, a practical question. When you have brain surgery. They would have shaved her head. Oh, you sure, think? sure, 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 sure. Well, I think part of it is shaved. I think that's what the bandana is covering, but right? Not enough. Do you think like, they would have given her more of like an mm, undercut? Yeah, I think. So, but only we had gotten Joyce with an undercut. But a trendy, what? like a trendy like, kind of butch undercut. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. she got like some purple in and there. And like a, like a cartilage piercing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Pat, but Pat would have loved that. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> but like when you have a hole in your skull, when they have to make a hole in your skull to go in and do something Mm -hmm. what happens to that part of your skull do you just have a hole forever or do they cover it with a steel plate plate? or i think they replace it like with the bone they put the bone back or they they put it back (gasps) well we have definitely we have a lot of people pausing right now to email us yeah someone will know please let us know a lot of doctors yeah yeah, self-proclaimed doctors Our scientists are all clickety-clacking to let us know. So, yeah, please let us know what happens to the brain chip that they take out. Not to be confused with Spike's brain chip. A whole other Which is actually a fantastic transition that I just did because the next scene is fucking Spike. Wait, before we go to Spike, I just need to tell you one thing that we left out when we first talked about Don and Buffy talking about Riley, which is that Don is wearing a sweatshirt that says, Glamour is my occupation. (laughs) And it has a tube of lipstick on it. (laughs) Trixie, your thoughts. (laughs) I I mean, I love, something I love about this series is that Michelle Trachtenberg is 35 years old and they're really playing her like she's like 11. Because I think I heard this somewhere. I think they were originally casting younger. Yeah. But Mm -hmm, but Michelle mm -hmm, Trachtenberg was really good, which she is. She is good in this. And, um, they do try to, I think, like, infantilize her sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, she yeah. always has, like, braids and no makeup on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Buffy's Barrett's always playing in, with like, her this, hair. Even this though she's a part full of the foot taller than Buffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that you said she was supposed to be 12. They originally first, wrote, the wrote her as 12, and they didn't change the first, like, three episodes worth of scripts. Yeah. Uh, to, like, age her up once they cast Michelle and decided that Dawn would be, like, 14 instead of 12 or 11. I'm proud of you for reading what that sweatshirt said because I tried and I like tried a couple of times and failed and just gave up. I was like, I can't read what it, it called said. to me. I love the fashion in these shows sometimes and especially in Buffy. It's like a time capsule. Really? Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. But also, was anybody wearing like the amount of leather pants, yeah. the amount of like sleeveless silk, like ruffle throated blouses were 19 year olds. <laughs> Running around wearing this shit. A lot of silky, like, ruffled blouses. Mm. Very, like, and a lot of, like, like borderline hard nipples. Like, like no bra, fabric clinging to, to skin. Yeah. Very uh-huh. LA, though, uh-huh. I yeah. guess. Mm. Yeah. And actually, Spike's mannequin has serious nipples. Serious nipples. Yeah. Um, which... I mean, Buffy's so often wearing a shirt that is actually fabric on a neck string. It, right. it is. <laughs> you are correct. It's like flowy at the flowy at the boob, flowy at and usually it's like lower back open. Uh-huh. She's also yep. very shows back. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Listen, she's 20 years old. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Wait till you're 40? Do it now. And she's but not gonna make it that long. Yeah. She thinks she'll die young. So right, that's like, true. I she's gonna get it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so um okay so fucking nipple mannequin which by the way now that I've said that mannequins don't have nipples 
Depends on the mannequin. Really? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they do. Sometimes they do? I'm so used to just like the boob bulge, no nipple mannequin. But okay, so this mannequin has Store nipples. by store variations. Great. Uh, <laughs> Spike has explicitly chosen the nippled mannequin. Like I bet they do at Victoria's Secret. Oh, okay. I bet they don't uh, at like the limited two. That makes sense. Oh my God, I hope not. Which is where Dawn shops. Big hard nipples. Yeah. Are limited <laughs> yeah. So your 12-year-old nipple. I, yeah. You know what? Never mind. Gives a whole new meaning to the limited two. Okay. So um, Spike, this is very... I find this scene to be very fascinating. I don't mean to like be too serious, but Spike is trying to practice being a good person. Like he's essentially, first of all, it's ridiculous. He has a box of chocolates and he's trying to be like so buffy, you know, to the mannequin. But he gets really angry, flips out. He fucking throws all the chocolates to the ground and then he picks them back up and he starts back at the beginning again. I don't think this is the beginning of this process for well, him right. at all, he's, right? He's been at this like half the day. Exactly. But it's, I just think it's very interesting for the character because we're just learning, you know, we're only a few episodes into knowing that Spike is obsessed with Buffy yeah. in a very unhealthy way. Um, but Spike's had a chip for a long time and it's sort of, he's sort of been like walking this line of like, why are they letting him live? Like, even though he can't fucking kill anybody, like he's still, he has evil intentions. He is trying to- He would to, kill people. He, I, he could. Well, and some people feel bad for him, but I love that Buffy's always down to kill him. Someone, <laughs> someone always stops her. Right. But also she hasn't. You yeah. know, and and so I just think that it's important to just put a little pin in this moment because we we've seen Spike do a lot, but we've never, I don't think, seen Spike apart from the little pat pat that he gave to Buffy in Fool for Love. We've never seen him like trying to change his anger patterns. Yeah, this is, scene is psycho. Right. Yeah. He's I mean, talking to this mannequin. Also, uh, this one sided fight he has with her. He's like, I'll insult him if I want to. And she hasn't said anything. She's a mannequin. I love that. It is. And it's very, like, not to, like, again, take us serious, but it is very, like, abusive. Sort of like, it doesn't matter what she was saying. This guy who has an anger problem is going to get himself angry no matter what she says. She's a fucking mannequin. She's literally not replying. And he's still angry with what she has, quote, said. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Also, the busted Buffy wig on the mannequin. So good. <laughs> yeah, this is like a real, there's a lot of wig uh, happening in this episode for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't do that intentionally. A lot but, of wiggery. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to draw attention for one moment in time to the fact that there is... At the cash wrap station of the magic box, Mm -hmm. there's like your, you know, shoplifters will be transfigured and magic Mm -hmm. happens signage. But then there is inexplicably a little poster for McCabe's Guitar Shop, which is a guitar store in Santa Monica, uh, for absolutely no reason. It's a real guitar shop in Santa Monica. Yeah. I like who in set design found that? Is it still a guitar shop? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, alive and well. That's wow. a fun piece of trivia. But it's like nowhere near Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> Is that where Sunnydale is supposed to be? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've, we've been putting together a lot of um, facts across the seasons, and it does seem pretty explicitly like it. Actually, just a couple episodes ago, the area code for the magic box is the Santa Barbara area code. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. the mayor of Santa Barbara and— The uh, actual mayor of Santa Barbara currently. Well— uh, now now she's no longer yes. the mayor, but she and, like, some of her friends who are all into Buffy invited us up and took us, like, all over town and showed us, like— They gave us, like, a binder full of research, and they were like, you are here because we are proving to you once and for all that Sunnydale is Santa Barbara. Like, here are the sites <laughs> of, like, all the exterior, like, B-roll, like, town shots that, that you yeah. see, like, time and time again across the seasons. It's, like— there's a lot of supporting evidence. Yes. Wow. So we believe here at Buffering the Vampire Slayer that— I wonder if Joss Whedon ever lived there. In Santa Barbara? You know, a lot of people uh. write about places they've been. Yeah. Like in It, which I read this year, um, <gasps> Derry is supposed to basically be Banger, Maine because Stephen King mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Banger, Maine. Oh, that makes sense. Did you read that book? Oh, hell yeah. Crazy. Way too young. So way, scary. way, way too young. Yeah, oh, my Stephen scary. King phase was like, I was like 13 and 14. And like, Everybody has read <laughs> It when they were like a kid, and I didn't read it till now. People, You're so lucky. Yeah, it was, it was manageable as an adult. <sighs> It was manageable. But still pretty bad, right? Still like, pretty ooh. intense. I didn't yeah. read. I actually have not read it. I read. Scary. Yeah. And long. I read Misery when I was a kid. And that was fucked up. <sighs> and I read Doctor Sleep this year, too. Oh, I've never read that either. Great. I haven't read that one either. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. But he probably lived in Santa Barbara or something else. Why would he p- purposely pick yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's cheap to get B-roll there. Oh, uh, maybe. Okay. So now we're at the Magic Box. Yeah, now we're at the magic box. Willow is taking ingredients off the shelf. And also, again, not a key point in this episode, but we have been on Amy watch. Amy has been a fucking rat for, like, seasons, you know? Yes. Willow is fucking creating trolls and, like, I mean, she's she's doing massive <laughs> doing all kinds magic. of shit. How is Amy still a rat? And she, she gives a nod to Amy still being a rat in the scene, and she's like, but I think that the spell that I did, even though I didn't make her human, made her smarter because she's always looking at me rubbing her paws. So I like to extrapolate from this that Amy is fuck Amy is as mad as we are that Amy is still a rat and Amy the rat is plotting against Willow but also like the number one thing rats do like regular rats (laughs) is rub their paws together yeah for sure 
I took it as like she's kind of like imagining something that's not really yeah happening. yeah. But it's like, just, like yeah. between hang like, out with me for a Giles, second. like all the resources at their fingertips it's for this girl to still be a rat is wrong. It is. <laughs> Okay, so we, we talked about this scene a bit with the cat in the hat and the fish, and this is where, you know, we're getting a little bit more. The whole episode sort of takes us step by step to, like, the root of what really is making Anya upset with Willow and what's really making Willow upset with Anya. So we get a little bit further in that here. Um, Anya is fucking typical Anya. Like, Anya, you just need to be quiet for, like, four seconds, Yes, I love this when she's itemizing every piece of the ingredients. <laughs> yes. And that one piece, she goes, bargain. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one, she's like, that Ooh, it's going to yeah. cost you. <laughs> That's going to cost you. Whether we're behind Willow wanting to do this, whether it's wrong or not, it's a good idea. She Great wants, concept. She wants to make a daylight weapon. Like, yeah, that's it's cool. Fucking cool. Um, but she, of course, does not. I love her line when Olaf appears. They've manifested Olaf because Anya interrupted the spell and. Very reminiscent of um, what was the episode where Willow made the fairy lights to guide her and the more confused she got, the more they attacked her. Do you remember what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, this was um, the nightmare one in season four. Yeah. When they were, mm. the, haunted, when they were in the frat house. house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the the effect was very similar and it was like the angrier she got, the more the light ball that she had half created. Anyway, Olaf comes out and Willow has this amazing line where she's like, he's not a ball of sunshine. <laughs> so good. Oh, no. yeah. And then and then I think right away they are driving down the street trying to track him. Oh my god. And in Giles' An- car. In Giles' car. Oh, so stressful. Rod, and Anya <laughs> reveals that she is never driven. No. And she says, I didn't know I could until I tried. Right. She's which, so mad. True. Which right, good point. And there's a somebody wrote into us and was like, Do you remember in the beginning when Anya was first uh, not a demon anymore? She asked Xander to drive out of town with her. So they were like, is it a continuity issue? Like, because could she drive then? And she says she's never driven. And so the consensus was that she had a driver. Oh, okay. (laughs) She had a driver back then. Yeah, from her De Hoffrin vengeance demon stipend slash sunset pay. Yeah, yeah. Anya's a fancy lady. I also love that Willow's like, I can't believe I made that troll and Anya's like you didn't yeah <laughs> it was in the crystal calm down you didn't do that. <laughs> and then the pages are flying out of the car and she's like hope we didn't need those oh my god <laughs> the two of them in the car is maybe one of my favorite scenes in the episode just because it's so chaotic and yeah. so it's so well acted I think by both of them too it's yeah. just very funny uh, Buffy and Tara find the shop dismantled and they're like oh shit yeah before they get to the back to the shop they have this scene at college which oh right i point out only because remember college like it's the first time oh, we've right. seen college in a long time it's when she's hashtag triggered yes yes, she thinks yes. that their relationship is gonna yep. fall apart they yeah. have a miraculous love a miraculous they love a miraculous love <laughs> she reminds the cry her crying sounds so much like sarah jessica parker's crying in that scene it reminds me of hmm. listen i know it's it's niche but the family stone like Sarah Jessica Parker crying in the Family Stone is identical to the sound that Sarah Michelle Gellar makes in the Miraculous Cry Love. A miraculous love. What? A miraculous love. (laughs) Isn't there anybody that loves me? Okay. So yeah, Buffy is crying. She's very triggered. Really, her, her being triggered is kind of what defeats Olaf in the end. Yeah, yeah, I love seeing somebody give Anya and Xander's relationship this enthusiastic of a two thumbs up. 
you know? Yeah. Because I feel like... Yeah, that's true. Anya has been around way longer, but has not really been accepted into the group in the loving way that, like, the Tara, Tara has. has been recently. Do you think that's because of, like, gay guilt? Like, Tara got warmly welcomed because <laughs> they felt guilty, like... Maybe, but I think it's just people have a hard time with um, directness. I yeah. don't think anyone really really likes Anya. I don't think anybody yeah. in this group looks forward to this person. Yeah. And you know. Anya, I don't remember even what scene it is, but Anya has like a really great moment where she's like, you know, there are a lot of people who are much stranger than me. And like, she's got a point. She does have a fucking point. So there's this little scene at the bronze um, between Spike where Xander runs into Spike. Uh-huh. And I think this is the first time we're finding out about Spike's it love is. of blooming onions. Yep. He loves that it's shaped like a flower. He later recommends it to Olaf, who nice. is hungry for babies. Yes. Um, Xander's also very possessive of his basket of peanuts, which to my eye looks like the free basket of peanuts you get at a bar, right? I agree. And well, Xander I, also hates Spike. True. Yes. But I'm, I'm glad you brought up the peanuts specifically because I'm pretty sure that Xander slaps Spike's hand away from the peanuts. Oh, hell yeah. Which is a note that I took. And I gave it the stars that put it into the nomination bin for sexual tension. Doesn't mean it'll be there at the okay, end. Okay, okay. But I liked the little, like, hand slap away from my peanuts between Xander and Spike. Okay. So Olaf has destroyed the magic box. Puny receptacle, he screams. <laughs> yes. So this, this you, you should talk about this actor, Jenny, because we were having a battle of, of who knew what about Benjamin. Oh, yes. What Wait, is his full where, name? Where is he's great in this. He's amazing. What yeah, a memorable character. Did you notice that he talks like Anya? A hundred percent. It's like gives context why she talks like that. <gasps> They're both from this weird fictional like Midsummer, s- s- yeah, some like, kind of Scandinavian right, yeah. land right. and they talk where they have the Renaissance same, fairs. Weirdly specific and like, you know, yeah. like maybe oh, they, they maybe that. I love that. Maybe it's just like you know how certain languages, when they're translated to English, like you or when you're learning a different language, you see like that you like put the verb in a different place. You know, like the yeah. the ordering of yeah. sentences yeah. feels different, and like they kind of like approach things similarly. In like that when way people too, learn bit. foreign languages in high school, they oftentimes talk like too proper mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. cool so that's abraham rubin hercules ben ruby that's his name that's yeah his yeah fucking name. he's been wow. on everything he's he was on er i think for a while for a very long time files he's kind of been he's uh kubiak on parker lewis can't lose there it is uh he is known for his towering height like when you look him up on imdb that is like they're like notable features towering height he's six foot seven yeah um, yeah and he's amazing in this he's role so as funny well. in this yeah he's dude great. the way that he says it was one wench it's like <laughs> mm. also there i love when they're like but don't you like being a troll? No. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's like yeah. mad, but also he likes it. Like he's gotten used to it. Right, right. He's adapted. I think he's playing it down. I think he actually enjoys it a little bit more than he wants them to know because he wants his like rage at being made troll right. to be justified. Right. Well, n- not a spoiler, but in future seasons, we do get a glimpse of him out of drag. <laughs> right. Before he's a troll. Right. And he's <laughs> he's not very different. He's, he's kind of the same. I don't remember. He's sort of like yeah, a misogynistic... Yeah. You know, he still talks like that, like very direct and weird. So are we to believe then, do we understand Anya's full arc here? Like she was just a person like Willow. Yeah. And she got mad enough to. To learn how to do a spell. 
to and to turn, turn her boyfriend into, into a, troll. a troll. And so then Dahafrin, just like with Willow, recruited her. Recruited her. Oh yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that she was just a regular old Anya. Yep. Living in whatever fairyland they lived in together. Yes. Great. But it's we like also get Finland a, or some shit. <laughs> right adjacent to the world without shrimp, which yes. is brought up for the second time in this episode. I'm sorry. I like that actually that Trixie sound effect. Oh, thank you. Jewelry. <laughs> it was like the jewelry clattering. <laughs> so Spike and Xander playing pool, venting about uh, people not understanding their significant others. Relatable. Fucking yes. Do you think this is gay? I think they're just getting closer and closer. Yeah. They just have so much to talk about, <laughs> these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Spike is like I really know how you feel, man. Nobody really understood Drew. <laughs> you know, like it is true. Yeah, yeah. I see her at my gym all the time. Juliet. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen her three times. <laughs> wow. Have you ever said hello? No, I mean she's at the gym. She's doing her thing. She's a very um, that's true. The gym is a bad. She has place that movie to... star thing where she's uh, you know, very beautiful mm-hmm. and very odd looking in person because mm-hmm. she really has like. You know, like people who are really beautiful on screen oftentimes have like really big eyes, really big like, cheekbones. Right. Like exaggerated like, features. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And she's so thin and so um she's always just doing her thing, staying in shape. She looks great. She's amazing. Okay. Uh Olaf busts in, breaks up the boyfriends at the pool table because he is so thirsty and hangry. Um he's Yeah, he wants ale, he wants babies. Some succulent babies. <laughs> to eat. Like, I think you could just get some of those at the hospital and Sandra's oh, like, Oh god <laughs> back of the head slap. Um so this is like fun. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Fucking Olaf wants to like pillage the town of Sunnydale and eat babies. So if you're taking it that. literally, it's not fun, but it is a very right, it's a very fun... Uh, and then there's this fabulous reveal of him of when uh, Olaf, <laughs> Olaf says, you're just like when we were dating. It's And great. everyone's Skr! like record scratch, yeah. fucking... <laughs> it's great. It is. And Sanders like, um, what? Uh, so it's like Willow's fault that this troll's out of the crystal. It's Anya's fault that this troll exists. Right. Now yes. it's everyone's problem. It's so, everyone's so, fault, you know? Oh, so it was a now joint effort. effort. Yeah. Right, right. They can share the blame. Okay, so Olaf also hates witches, we learn. Um, Willow is really struggling to get her spell out. She's, like, trying over and over again. It's not working. Olaf knocks the whole fucking balcony down. Um, which oh, that's right. Yeah. That happens a lot at the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. should probably rethink the something. Like, you know, this is a Ste- place maybe where steel construction. The Bronx, where they've been going since they were in high Sophomores school. Sophomores in high school. It's everything. Right. It's a coffee house. It's a music venue. It's a nightclub. They get some <laughs> fabulous. I know. They, I mean, there's no musical guests this episode, I don't think. No. But mm-hmm. they have some incredible music. Yeah. They seriously do. They I don't do. know. And like 20 people show up for like. Chibomato, <laughs> we've seen. Michelle Branch, who cares? <laughs> Five people. <laughs> like, I mean, Charm did the same thing. Were you a Charmed fan? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I was just talking to my boyfriend about this. People who live in the fantasy that Charmed is as good as Buffy. Oh. Need to get real. Ah, I agree with you. I know a lot of people who think it's better. Seriously? Dead serious. It's never better. How? We should do a live the event where people of Charmed battle is not this as good out. As the worst episode of Buffy. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And I'm I, I mean I like Charms. Of course, I've watched the whole thing, yeah. but you know. Wow. 
Okay, so Spike is like trying to fucking show off by not devouring the victims of the and is shocked that this fails to impress. He has a really creepy fucking moment. I mean, he's he's creepy. He's being creepy. He's been being creepy. I love it. And she goes, "You you really uh, want credit for not like beating off a dying person?" And he's like, "What does it take?" What does she want from me? But he like, ha- I think a little bit before that, she like falls on him and he like doesn't let, like, th- he's supposed to be helping with the battle, but instead he like holds oh. her for an extra second and it's like, oh, sir, sir, excuse me, sir. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyhow, Buffy basically gives her like battle orders and she's like, Xander, follow Olaf. So now we wind up back at the magic box. Oh, yeah. And fucking Olaf is like, oh, this is rough. Olaf snaps Xander's wrist. It is like, it, it hurts my wrist to watch the scene. Like It's, it's shocking. It is. Because we don't brutal. see injuries like that often. Where like, it's, you know. Like, like something that's going to require a cast and a significant time yeah. to heal. And c- possibly bone could be jutting out of skin, maybe. Yeah, and they... It's like they, I mean, they really want you to see that Xander, this is a very like Solomon's baby kind of setup, right? Of like, right, right. We, like, we can tell that Xander loves them both because Xander won't choose. And we can tell, and Willow can tell, how much Anya truly loves Xander because she says, take me, don't yeah. take him. Um, and this is like right after, like before before Olaf rolls up again, when right. it's just Willow and Anya, they're, they're having this conversation where they're sort of like yes. revealing to each other like what their fears and insecurities are re-one another. Like Willow is afraid that Anya's gonna hurt Xander either physically or like break his heart. And Anya yeah. is afraid that she's like never going to be truly accepted by the other like really important people in Xander's life. Mm-hmm. And they're like gaining a little common ground. And then so yes. I'm, I'm laughing because in that exchange, it's a very important exchange. And I'm with you. It's also where Willow says to Anya, like, did you get your uh, thousand years of hurting men gold watch? Which I feel is just very enjoyable. And pro- thousand years, you hope it'd be better than a gold watch. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, but to and me. And a little below the belt. <laughs> and I mean, I think her, her concerns are kind of warranted. It's like you literally, you have a yes. history of fucking guys up. Yes. Yeah, of course no. I'm concerned. Right. I agree. I just like the watch. Of course. So funny. <laughs> and then they're so good at writing in this. They always come up with this supernatural problem that parallels the real life problem. Right? right. I mean, they're asking him in the beginning of the episode to choose a side. And now he is to choose which one of them lives or dies. You know, mm-hmm. so good. They do such a good job of that. They do I, so many. There's so many parts in this episode where if you took out the supernatural part of it, it could be a real fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and that's like, I mean, obviously we all know this, but like that is the beauty of this genre of show and like what this show does so well better than maybe everyone in this room agrees any other supernatural show yeah. is that it takes that and it just it lets you drill down even further to the point. It's like all those people that you were talking to through the microphone earlier, like, have you ever been in this position? I feel like a lot of people have. It's like, well, those people don't get to have this blowout of a situation to really get down to the bottom of it all and to right. see the truth. Most people mm-hmm. in day to day are never going to get to this truth and they're just going to be like fucking pissed and not have a good relationship. But these guys, like we see them get deeper because we get the supernatural. Yeah. To get us there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Willow in this flurry. There's a couple there's a couple really nice things. When when Olaf first gets there, he's got this whole attitude of like, ah, I could be eating 
babies right now, but because you're doing this magic, I had to, like, come here and stop you. Like, you're really cutting into my baby eating time. <laughs> then we have, like, the the wonderful moment where, you know, An- Anya's like, take me instead. And then it's, like, cle- very crystal clear to Willow that, right. like, you know, things are chiller than she suspected mm-hmm. or feared. Uh, and then Willow makes the cash register disappear. So funny. Not for the first right, time. That's true. It's the second time. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and then they find a beautiful way to each like uh, lean into their strengths and team up to defeat Olaf. Uh, Willow directs Anya to piss Olaf off. Yes. And which I'm, she's so good at. She's so proud of the fact that Willow has like, you know, uh, given her accolades for the skill <laughs> that she has of pissing everybody off. Um, Olaf also, when he walks in, says, uh, you fight well, although you were a tiny man. Yes, yes, yes. Which I yes. think is a fun line. Yes. And, um, and then the plot twist is, I'm going to give you a reward. Only one of them has to die and you have to choose, which is kind of almost worse. Right. It is definitely. Oh, def- way worse. Okay, who would you have picked though? <gasps> How dare you? Come on. What okay, do people listen for? <laughs> <laughs> they want to know. If it's based... Oh, God, we're going to get burned alive. If it was based only on the behavior in this episode, Willow's got to die. <laughs> I'm not... The I pay for the ingredients. The lesbians would like a word with you. Right I, yeah. No, I'm fired. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. This is a very important episode for Willow and a great way for me to distract from the choice I will never make. <laughs> But Willow, in her exchange with Anya, her defense of how could you think, because we haven't really talked about it, but Anya is like, well, I don't know, last time you fucking kissed him and that's what ended him in Cordelia. So like, maybe. And so fucking Willow is like, hello, gay now. Like her whole argument against like why this wouldn't happen is that she's gay now. So she's not attracted to men. And and I only, I'm sorry to bring you into this, Trixie, but this is the episode that you're on with us. And we have had people at us for quite some time. This is a very heated debate because we've seen a very meaningful relationship between Willow and Oz. And we're seeing a very meaningful relationship between Willow and Tara. Right. And so people have wanted to know our opinion for a long time, but we haven't been able to talk about it because it would be a spoiler. What do we think about the fact that Willow self-identifies as gay and this is where it happens discuss identity's fluid as long as willow's like getting it good like who gives a shit she used the word not us well that's and the and the time indicator go ahead no no i mean i just think of it as shorthand basically when you say you're straight what you're really saying is that's my go-to i'm primarily interested in fair it doesn't really mean like forever it doesn't mean kind of just means today and I'm there with that. Like, I say I'm gay and that doesn't really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, it, it's not very true in the sense of like, you know, whatever you might take gay to mean. But Willow is using it as the reason she wouldn't be attracted to Xander, which I think is important. Here's my opinion. If these are real people and Willow is saying I'm gay, yeah. then she's fucking gay. Like you said, she is mm-hmm. what she says she is. But this is a, also a writer's room. And so I think that a lot of people who are very frustrated about her being written as a character who says I am gay now is that we have a lot of people who listen who identify as bisexual and who constantly feel erased because if they're dating a woman right now, then their bisexuality is erased. Or if they're dating a man right now, their bisexuality is erased. So I think that it's at least important to point out that this is a writer's room choosing to make Willow gay because she's now with a woman rather than like real life where Willow's like, you know, I'm gay now, which is I mean, fair. We always knew she was a little gay. Like, do you remember in The, yes. was it the Witch? Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we always knew that she at least had an idea of it. Right. A lot of people don't realize to live in life. Yeah, and I'm They just here. don't get the shine in, in, you know, 
they're not in the CW having a storyline as like a 35 year old right. becoming gay. Right. It's always like a 12 year old crying. Right. You know? <laughs> so, you so, know. So, well, well, and we'll, you know, just for you, for those of you who've been waiting for this, for Besides, our who discussion. turns lesbian and then goes back to straight? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around, maybe. But like, nobody's going like. Lesbianism isn't what it's cracked up to be. They're yeah. like, oh, never mind, this is fierce. This is amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, I think. I mean, plus, if you look at the type of relationship she has with Tara, it's we're talking about her high school boyfriend. Yeah. And we're talking about her adult woman first real relationship. The gender is almost not important because the relationships are different. Very different. The depth is different. I mean, it is like a soulmate situation with Tara. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's so obvious that, I mean of all the couples in the show they're the real like soulmate couple Fuck yeah. that we ever see yeah where yes. it's like they're just meant to be together I agree oh me love them. I am so gay for them oh god <laughs> I, really, I mean they I, were... I think we already have it oh was this family where they're slow dancing and they're floating uh-huh. oh god oh, yes god. I know we like wept through that episode talking the about that episode. it's so fucking good Sorry that I derailed that us that episode. to talk about sexuality, <laughs> but that's my responsibility. You're all sure, welcome, sure, 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 and sure, I'm sure. sorry. Back to the fight. Willow and Anya are doing their battle plans behind the cash register. Xander's got a snapped wrist. Buffy. Xander's getting his ass kicked, by the way. I oh, know. my and God. Like, he's, really? like, breaking himself against that hammer over and over and over he, again. He's, God, like, really Buffy throwing in. himself into it, which is, like, that is kind of Xander's deal. He's <laughs> like, what Love says, uh, uh, Buffy, uh, and then uh, Tara, stay back. You think Tara's going to sprint at that tall? <laughs> yeah. Terry, if you watch Terry in this scene, she is just like at the door of the magic box, like with her back against it, just watching, standing like stock still for so long. You'd think she'd maybe throw some of her witch knowledge into the bin here. I don't think that she's like as confident or like ready yeah. to get involved. She just in that started way. wearing eyeshadow. That's she's true. true. Baby she's, steps. She's Kristen. finding herself one thing at a time. So okay, so yeah, Buffy. You know, Anya's like the power is in the hammer. So Buffy gets the hammer and then goes back to Olaf. Who gets hit again? <laughs> oh my and then god! He goes, oh, by the way, he's still a troll. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's still, still a troll. Strong strength, obviously. Well. Also, I was watching with the closed captioning on, and when Buffy <laughs> pulls Olaf's arm up behind his back, mm-hmm. the closed captioning is uh, in brackets: ligaments tearing. <gasps> oh god! Yeah, yeah. Who did the closed captioning? Buffy whoops his ass pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, and then Willow, right, poofs him back to... into the crystal. Well, but first, before Willow can poof him away, Olaf, yes, Olaf dares to say yes. that their love will never last. <laughs> he calls Xander ludicrous and far too breakable, which, like, okay, fair, yeah. yeah it's good and then Buffy's like, "Love is real," yes. and then yes. she beats him into submission. And then the poofing. It's a fun way of coming off of uh, Into the Woods because they like they want to show that Buffy oh, yeah. is struggling with this, and I love the like the way that they do the it. The comedy of it. Yeah, that they that they like let us have an enjoyable, fun, funny episode, but they still get to the point of like Buffy's struggling with this. She's not struggling like she struggled when Angel left. No, it's also very her style to hit something. To cope. That's always been her Oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Action. You know. She's an action girl, yeah. you know? Yeah, I remember just a couple episodes ago when she was pounding that rubber snake face. Yeah. Oh, my God. Beating the hell out of it. That yeah. completely realistic. Very realistic. <laughs> we, yes. Right at the cutting edge of available technology. Yeah. And then she gets this cool hammer out of it. 
Yes. And who knows, we might see that we again We might. Someday. I mean, you know, it seems like mm-hmm. a good weapon, mm-hmm. so perhaps yeah. it will. So heavy. Come back. Um, also, not to talk about a GIF, but I'm going to talk about a GIF. There is, like, the most frequently used Buffy crying GIF happens in this episode, and it's wet. Pigtails, it's- wadded up tissues. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's like, you you guys are so good together, and you're alive. Beautiful and, and she, alive. Yeah, she puts her <laughs> sort of face into a tissue I love cries. emotional Buffy. Yeah. How funny to make it comedy and not just boohoo. Yes. It would have been a little exhausting for her to be just moping the whole episode. Agree. That's why I really yeah. like how and they she's treated like, it. Th- everything is sort of through the filter of her like looking at her friends' relationships and like actually kind of uncharacteristic for Buffy like yeah, processing her pain but like in a productive way worrying about her friends. Usually she's very like uh, wow. inward focused. Do you, you know? think that's really an interesting observation because the whole assessment of Riley, like basically what she's facing right now is that Riley said she was not open and yeah. was not able to right. do X, Y, and Z. So it so, is interesting. That. Is it too early to ask this? <laughs> Never. If you were the Slayer and the key was the only way that the world was going to end, mm-hmm. you'd kill Dawn, right? <laughs> I would kill Dawn. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Is You're that like, dark? I've thought about choice. this every time. I've thought about this. She killed Angel. She What's did. the fucking difference? Like, oh, but it's her sister, not like. I, I, I listen. I would have walked in. I would said, Don, what are you doing? Bam! <laughs> Elbows like. I mean, I would have made it quick. Wait. So okay. So who would you choose between Willow and Anya? Oh, uh, while we're you, killing people. Yeah, while we're killing everybody. Willow. Who, you would kill Willow. Yes. Everybody's killing Willow. You saved the lesbian, but also you um. She's been friends longer. Yeah, I wouldn't kill Willow. Anya's like I, I a don't, thousand years. I wouldn't survive run. long because I would kill no one and I would just be killed. That's yeah. my problem in life. <laughs> Anya's already lived forever. That's true. Yeah, she's had a Anya's had a good run. She's had a good run. Um, I would also not kill Dawn. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. It's just not my way. Um, I guess you're just a really good person. I'm just so I'm just so <laughs> such a good person. Yeah. Um, well, it's a good thing that. We aren't the Slayer. I, I guess you're fine. You would have killed Don. I mean, I mean, I would at least have thought about it. <laughs> when I heard that Don was the key, you I would have like, killed her. Okay, so speaking of Don, this is how the episode. So Olaf is poofed away until we think maybe you know Willow is like I'm not really sure. It's kind of like throwing a bee at a puppy. Yes, uh, as you do, as you do all the time. Um, and. The immediate threat is put to rest, but of course we have our larger arc of season five. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these, is, this is not the point of the scene, but I want to give a shout out to Michelle Trachtenberg's fishtail braids because they're fucking beautiful and I love them and I love a okay. fishtail Her braid. Her hair is so beautiful Her in the show all the time. Yeah. Very shiny. You can so tell that like the hair people beautiful. are just like, what can we do? And like play with Michelle Trachtenberg's beautiful hair. <laughs> I mean, do you remember <laughs> the opening of the season? What, what's the second episode? Like, Real me. Yeah, the real me. She has like hair clips. Yeah. They really make her a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's before they had given up on her being 12. Yeah. (laughs) So she overhears, first of all, these motherfuckers, can't they go somewhere? They're always having this conversation one to two rooms away from Don. I talk about this on my so-called life podcast. Go somewhere else. Just, you've learned the acoustics of your home. (laughs) (laughs) How many times are you going to make this mistake of like, please? But yeah, they're talking about Joyce knowing. Mm -hmm. And Don overhears. And I mean, we knew she was going to find out. We didn't know, but 
How would you know? How how would you not find out eventually? But this With is a people shit. fucking talking about it one room away from you. Yeah. yeah. How would you not find this out? This is a shitty way to find out, though. It's like basically everyone she loves the most in a room talking mm. about it. It's rough. Dom's had a rough run. And, you know, well, it's the metaphor continue. here, the metaphor here in, in this season is sort of about mixed families and about like maybe adoption or, you know, how much is someone your chosen family, really? Yeah. And I guess if you were her, how would you want to find out, you know? Mm. It's like you don't want to find out that way. No, you want somebody to sit you down and have a conversation with you, but also And nobody likes to feel like people are talking about them. No. You know, nobody nobody likes to feel like there's this thing about me everyone knows about, but I that, you know, how long have you guys been talking about this? You right. Know? Right. Mm. So mm. that's where we end. Great episode. Such a good episode. Maybe uh, our favorite podcast episode ever that you were here with us. Oh, of course. It. it was a blast. Um, thank you for being here. Have me we'll... back sometime. Please. Oh, my God. Please. We would love to have you back. Yeah, next time you're filming in this neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put in my requests because I love uh, I love season six. And I have some. Oh, yeah. Tell, us your, yeah. tell us your episodes. Uh-huh. We would absolutely ones. love. And five still has some wonderful episodes. I actually yeah. did an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Was it Slayer, Slayer Fest? Fest? Slayer Fest, 98, maybe. yeah. And I got to talk with um, Claire. Kramer. Yes. Who we just, oh. I just spoke with, I just did an interview with her. Yeah, and she was cool. <gasps> she talked so much about how she loved playing Glory. And she told the story of how she got the part, which was cool. She said she was like, you know, I was working on Bring It On. And I was like, she was kind of like, let's be honest, I went out the night before. <laughs> And she was like, I did like scrunch spray in my hair and I went in there and like just made a choice to channel like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yes. Just like a little unhinged. And she's like, I got it. She said she loved it. And she said, she said of all the things she's done, she's like, people find it so amazing that I was only in one season because people remember me so strongly from that series. Oh, yeah. Even I I'm mean, only in 10 episodes or whatever. Right. It's funny rewatching the season because for she's me, it's only my second. Right. It's like we have so many episodes without glory. And I'm like, I just that's that's what I thought the whole season was, was like glory in every episode because she makes she's it so count. good in it. She's oh, my God. Fucking and incredible. the looks, the hair mm-hmm. and the looks and mm-hmm. the shoes. And I mean, <sighs> oh, I'm glad you said the shoes because we got to the end of the episode and we didn't do the sexual tension awards. Okay. Oh, what's the sexual tension awards? Okay. Well, Which I'm so one? glad that you asked. <laughs> so we um, <laughs> we do a vote off every episode. We give the listeners four nominations and then they vote on Twitter for who they think has the most sexual tension. Okay. It's been a rough string of episodes for us. You know, season three was great. It was basically Faith and Buffy were nominated every week four times. Um, but they did seem like at some point they were just going to kiss. Oh. Jenny has a whole theory. She'll tell Trixie. you. <laughs> Seriously, because only because people who hate each other that much, it's very much in movies where they're fighting and then they mm, have sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, consider for a moment oh boy. before they like went back to hating each other when they were like in Bad Girls, when they were like best friends, when Faith comes up to Buffy's classroom window and like fogs up the window and like draws a little heart, a little stake, and then Buffy just fucking leaves class and they go off together in the middle of the day, school, so it's like before 3 p.m. sometime, right? Yeah. They walk to the nest of vampires, the fucking, you see the door and the like glowing sunlight outline from inside the crypt and then there's like a long string glissando and they kick open the door and they both whip out their stakes and then they kill all the vampires and then hard cut to them dancing all over each other at the bronze, gotta be at least 9 p.m. That's like a six hour window <laughs> Minimum. What happened in those six hours? This is kind of her. You turned gay in that six hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this 
just yes. kind of Jenny's thing. Whoa, 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 becoming whoa, whoa, whoa. your practiced monologue. I just feel like no, it's great. The people need to know. They do. The people have a right to they know. They do. They truly do. <laughs> we truly do. I should say. Um, okay, so let's. Sorry. Okay. No, right. never be sorry. Are ever. Spike and in, in, in Spike and Xander nominated? Uh, if you'd like scene? them to be. Oh well, they will. I thought because their pool scene, they're standing there, two sticks. Hello. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, let's play the jingle and get in. Okay, so that's what they all said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so Trixie, you would like for Spike and Xander to be in the running, one of the four. Yeah, I think so. Only reasonable. I I agree. They're on my list. It's very like women, huh? Well, you know. The other ways. <laughs> it's, it's very that. It's very that. It's very like girl problems. Mm. You know, one way rough. to solve that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look tense. Yeah. Great, Jenny. Do you Women have? Women uh... can't live with them. I have a dress. I have a closet full of dresses. <laughs> I've used. I've used that pickup line how many times? <laughs> Women can't live with them. Why don't you have sex with me? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it works a good 12% of the time. Oh, my God. Just in case anyone thinks I'm not laughing, I I had reached the point of laughter where it became silent. So, Do you guys get to nominate the people? Yeah, but do you have anyone else you'd like to throw into the ring? You are our special guest of honor. I mean, I think that's the only clear one. I mean, obviously, Buffy and Spike again, always. Uh, Jenny, do you have any nominations? Uh, I'm I'm all about uh, Xander fondly reminiscing while caressing his crescent wrench. Uh, yes. about when Riley was here. It seems like only yesterday. I know. And we've really been throwing Xander and Riley into the ring a lot. But I'm sorry, Xander is shirtless in bed talking about a crescent wrench that he didn't loan to Riley. To his girlfriend. To his girlfriend. So I yeah. agree. They're in. Um, and then, all right, I am. I said to Jenny before this taping, I refuse to not put Buffy and the nun in the running because I want to know what the fuck Again, happened. what with happened that in that window with the wimple? The, the wimple window. <laughs> What happened with it? And then I think because, Trixie, you also brought it up, Giles and his British books uh, would be my fourth Yeah, pick. he loves the, the books. He loves the books. <laughs> Have either of you seen Little Women? The, the new, new one? one? No. Mm-mm. There's a fucking scene. It's literally the most intense porn I've ever seen. It's a book binding scene at the end. It is like the most salacious thing. If you've seen the movie, you know. It's just them binding the book at the end, but it is like... They are like folding the pages and then they like stamp it and they brush off the gold seal and it, it's just really sexy. It's all I'm saying. Wow. So those are our nominations. Go to Buffering Cast on Twitter. The poll is up for a week. Cast your vote. Make your voice heard. Yes. Your voice matters. <laughs> it does. This is a democracy. And if somebody wasn't nominated, angrily tweet at it. Yeah. Write yeah. <laughs> in. Write in votes always encouraged. Yeah. Okay, Trixie, I think that most of our listeners, since they have been begging us to have you on the podcast, know oh where to God. find you. Of course. But will you tell them like what you're up to, where like where you would like for them to find you? Well, I'm going all over the United States on tour, my 30-city tour. Um, wow, I just sign, tour. I just fly, flash like a lesbian bat signal to the sky. <laughs> and we all just party. Yeah, we know where to look for it. Yeah, and then you can catch me weekly on Queens Who Like to Watch on Netflix. Uh, season five is starting. Um I buy my cosmetics and my new record Barbara yes. comes out on the 7th. 
Holy shit. Is that yeah. the seventh the seventh of February this that it comes out? Yes, in just like two weeks. Right. I know. <gasps> Wild. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank God. you for being here. Anytime. Yeah. As soon as we stop recording, you can tell us your whole list of episodes. We'll have you on for any Yes, and, and, and stream Night Shift on iTunes. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Nice. <laughs> what a um, great name for a record, by the way. Thank you so much. I was so jealous of it. Night Shift is so smart. <laughs> She's shifting smart. in tonight and also a night shift. Um, last request, Trixie. Um, we howl out at the end. Uh, Jenny says, until next time, then we howl out. We would lo- be honored if you would howl out. Oh, with yeah, us. sure. So, till next time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Hell, <laughs> we've barely survived. Truly, we barely made it out with our lives. Wow, uh, reality is coming uh, unwoven at its at its fragile edges. But still, we must tell you that I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> when I'm not making this podcast, I make songs. You can hear some of them at JennyOwenYoungs.com and learn more about my musical endeavors. Also, I host another podcast. You can listen to me talk almost as long as I talk on this podcast about a different tiny petite blonde protagonist named Veronica Mars. That podcast is called Veronica Mars Investigations and you can find it wherever you find fine podcasts. Hell yeah. I'm getting really attached to hearing you say petite. I just want you to know. It's becoming <laughs> well, like a very I satisfying... Did spend months and months of my young life working at Petite Sophisticate, <laughs> as you recall. Okay. We'll save that for another podcast discussion. In the meantime, I am Kristen Russo, and you can learn about what I do over at my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Namely, I do work with LGBTQ communities, um, but I also just finished a wonderful journey on a little podcast called The Boiler Room, where Joanna Robinson and I talked about all 19 episodes of My So-Called Life. And guess what? This week, we put up a little surprise, an interview with Winnie Holtzman, the creator of the show, which is so fun. So go on over there and check that out. Also, wow. yeah, really special. Also, spoiler alert, um, Joanna read Winnie a message from me and she cried. So go oh listen to God. it. Go listen to it. Okay. What about us? Where can they find us, Jenny? Well, Buffering the Vampire Slayers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast, and you can email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Yes, and lastly, before we roll on into the wonderful song, Get Ready for a Bop, uh, we want to let you know that you can support the work that we do here. You can join our Patreon family, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on Patreon. You get tons of things. Uh, the songs, speaking of bops, you get the songs in advance. Uh, you get to join the secret Facebook if you're into it, the Slack group if you're into it. There's book clubs, there's concerts. Uh, there's all Ooh. manner of fun things over there. Bonus episodes. Episodes, as a matter of fact, uh, in, in just a couple of days, you're going to get a mailbag if you're um, a pledger over there. So head on over there, support our work. It's going to be great. Let me stop talking so that we can get to the song.
With a thirst for meat and a hatred deep of puny receptacles Oh, oh, Xander in the middle Oh, oh, Xander in the middle Swipe right on a big green guy who likes to eat babies But Anya, I feel ya, we all have some exes We'd sooner forget Why? It was just one wedge <laughs> Oh, oh, Xander in the middle Oh, oh, Xander in the middle Triangle that caused trouble is back to circle vibes. No more Xander in the middle. No more Xander in the middle. Oh, no, you can't make Xander choose. No more Xander in the middle. No more Xander in the middle. Hey folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them, like me, and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode, I make Nat read one of my favorite comics, like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer. And then he tells me what makes that comic so special. And then I hear what Nat thinks and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now. With new episodes every two weeks. Wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season. Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know. What does that even mean? I don't know. It sounds profound, though. Right?